When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast, and now here's the guy who's ready to talk about how the sausage gets made on The Amazing Race. I am Rob's sister, Nina. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our Amazing Race recap here. Boy, we're four weeks in and ready to talk about another week. Uh, not elimination leg, but a lot to talk about here with our Amazing Race team. First... Let me welcome in our chief Amazing Race correspondent. Please welcome in Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? Doing great, Rob. I brought some refreshments. I got my Ooh. tiny bottle of wine here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. No uh, one like it was almost like a, they had like one giant chestnut, not Joey chestnut, but it was like the, the gnome just got like one big chestnut. Well, yeah, they're not going to, like, manufacture tiny chestnuts just for the gnome. Mm-hmm. This is a show with a budget. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just, like, just, just give us the one biggest chestnut you have and then put it in a tiny bag. They got tiny bags, Jess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's I think it's fine. I think he, I'm picturing him just, like, picking it up and eating it like an apple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay. All right. And then here with us, once again, please give it up. For Mike Bloom. Jess, you and I are in such synchronicity when it comes to uh, supping ourselves over the course of this podcast. I did also bring my nuts, uh, peanuts, <laughs> that is. I'm going to, I didn't, chestnuts, they were roasting over an open fire and uh, it didn't go terribly well. So it was tough though. I had to hoof it up like 15 flights of stairs to get there. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's cashews. Like, here we are. We're ready to wine, dine. Uh, and there For was a another lot of nutty recap. Exactly. Yeah, well, Mike and well, I even dressed the same. Look yeah, at this. look at you. You're, yeah, we're, you're we're basically you're a, our own version of Lulu and Lala. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this is an episode of The Amazing Race, the second of our stops in uh, Switzerland. It is a non-elimination leg, luckily, for Arun and Natalia, who we love, we stand. But not really providing a ton of evidence to say, like, uh, they got hosed. Maybe maybe it was just they got unlucky. You know, we talk we talked a lot about, you know, what happens if you give a team a second chance? Like, maybe it was just one bad leg. And now we had the team that went out first, comes back to the race and goes mm-hmm. out first. And the team that went out second comes back on the race and probably should have gone out second. Mike Bloom, you told me there weren't going to be any non-elimination legs. I said there were going to be fewer. Uh, I, but mm, I You did know. not. <laughs> I Roll the tape, non-existent yeah. person. Uh, I am confused, though. Uh, 
there was no speed bump announced. Like, are speed bumps done? Did that go away in the blip? Maybe they don't they don't have the wherewithal to do an extra task. Well, they're, uh, they're going to have one. They're just going to cut it. They're going to cut it. Uh, no, so that they did make a big deal about okay, the you're going to have different departure times, and so that we saw that there's going to be a first place departure time that's going to be for uh, Ryan and Dusty and Lulu and Lala. And then three teams are going to be on the second departure time. And then it seems like that Arun and Natalia are going to be in that third departure time solo. So I think that that might be in lieu of speed bump. They will just have a very stiff uh, departure time. Although they just left 12 hours from when they checked in. That might be penalty enough. Yeah, I mean, that's the equivalent just to remember the marked for elimination, non-elimination penalty from back in the day, right? Where it was oh essentially, yeah. if you don't come in first place in the next leg, you get a 30-minute penalty. Essentially, they're getting a 30-minute penalty uh, from, or 15 minutes, I would say, from the vast majority of the teams. Yeah, I mean, it's a little Final Destination-y, and we love Arun and Natalia. You know, I loved the, the, the sort of saccharine monologue at the end, right? Especially Natalia saying, we're doing this for my mom and for my husband. Look, they have a very large Achilles heel. It happens to be probably the most important thing they have to do mm, in the race. Yes. Which is a little tough. It's like saying, all right, I'm a fantastic football player, except when it comes to catching the ball. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm Sterling. Rudin and Italia seem okay at the task. It just comes to driving there yeah. seems to be an incredibly difficult issue. You know, it might be a little bit more akin to uh, like our team is actually a, a great team. We just have a problem getting to the stadium uh, at the time that the game is going to start. We get there eventually. Just not for the kickoff. Well, it's interesting. And actual circumstances do not bear this out, but... It feels like in a previous iteration of Amazing Race, like the way things were playing out up until the blip, maybe they would have done better. Although, given that they had already been eliminated once before <laughs> the blip, I don't know if maybe that's that's just speculation. But previous seasons of the Amazing Race, especially recently, were so much they were so task focused. There was mm-hmm. no actual, like you could have done every single one of the tasks on the last couple of seasons, amazing race. You could have just done them on a sound stage in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the tasks being spread out further, uh, not playing into the hands of Arun and Natalia. We'll break it all down. Also a uh, programming note. So this week, uh, looking like the amazing race tar pit should be back in the mix. Yes, Swiss edition uh, guest. I don't know, maybe by the time this podcast finishes, we'll have confirmation on the guest, but there should be a guest. It's going to be myself, Jess, and mystery individual uh, talking through the return of the race, race 2.0, talking through the two legs in Switzerland, because we are done with the Swiss after this. We had, uh, we climbed our stairs, we drank our wine, but now it's time to head off to a place where a lot of wine is found as well in France. Uh, But yeah, we're bringing back more odds and ends. Thank you to everyone who's like sent us game ideas uh, in the interim. They'll certainly come into play and questions and all that stuff. So we'll get to our usual stuff. We now have a two week backlog on secret scenes on uh, it seems like every freaking racer has a podcast. So we'll try to give as many updates from that as possible. I'd say at least like four or five recaps done by the racers themselves exist out there. There's nowadays. only six teams. They really, they got to start leaving this stuff to the professionals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, yeah, I, so I, you know, in all fairness, uh, well, you know, uh, have at it. I just didn't, I, I didn't even know. <laughs> I, so I knew about uh, Penn and Kim. So yep. uh, who, who else is doing recaps? Lulu and Lala. Lulu, well, they are radio uh, mm-hmm. broadcasters. Makes sense. 
Arun and Natalia. Arun and Natalia. Okay. And special uh, partner swap edition, Kayla and Dusty are doing like oh. a little recap. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So honestly, you know what? Let me let me send out the bat signal here. If we have an intrepid listener who has the wherewithal and would like to listen to all of yes. the racers recaps. Yes, give the us week. the intro, the tidbits. I mean, every l- please listen to the racers uh, podcast. You know, uh, you know, uh, on your own. But it would be great to sort of like, uh, you know, we have, we have a lot to cover in the middle of the week. Definitely. Yeah, if, so, if someone's going to do it anyway, mm-hmm. we would love to get a digest version. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially to read off on the tar pit, sort of like what we did with the Holderness podcast. Now that that has quadrupled over the past couple of weeks, we want to make sure we have all the bases covered because. As was indicated last week, a lot of stuff happens off camera that could right. really mean a lot as to how these teams finish. And it'd be nice to know that uh, even if we don't individually have the time necessarily to check out all the great work that everyone else is doing. Ideally, yeah. if we can get that update in the form of a quiz, that would also uh, be uh, especially useful for the Tar Pit podcast. Look at Rob producing the Tar Pit, even though he can't come on. Yeah, I'm just throwing stuff out there. See, see hey, you're like the Gelman. Very <laughs> <laughs> Timely reference. Oh, yeah. Is Gelman still on live with uh, Kelly and Ryan? I'd like to admit. Oh, wait. Actually, I think he might have. I'm trying. I believe he had made commentary during the whole like weird Michael Strahan situation. So I want to say he's still on. Okay. All right. Uh, shout out Gelman to Gelman. Is an insti- Gelman's an institution. Yeah. I believe actually Chris Catan used to play Gelman on, to bring this uh, full reality TV circle on the uh, live segments on SNL. Yeah, but he I talked about uh, the gnome eating a chestnut like an apple, much like Mr. Peepers does. Famously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so just uh overall uh what do you think about uh swiss leg two i think it had a lot of the old chestnuts if you will <laughs> of amazing race you had your you had your extreme like thrill task that doesn't really require a whole lot out of you except a you know mm-hmm. a pair a literal then, throwback yeah yeah literal throwback and then after that, you had your choice of detour options, one of which was like kind of boring and required some skill. And one of which was, you know, cinematic and interesting to watch and exhausted everybody and made them yell at each other. That's mm-hmm. all you need out of Amazing Race, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I have to say, um, I, I know this is a test that they've done before, uh, but the bungee jumping was uh, particularly epic. It's, yeah. It was a great place. I mean, this is a great setting to do the bungee jump. I don't even have we been here before, Mike? So we have. So they actually showed it, the footage. This is a switchback mm. to actually one of the very first things they did in the Amazing Race 14. Uh, they went to Switzerland. I know that the first leg is obviously a switch much back. more well known for the uh, switchback. Exactly. <laughs> for the cheese block of it all, which wasn't even a roadblock. It was just the difficulty wheel, wheeling those cheese wheels down the hill that they had even the, the switch back to that. But they did indeed have the exact same thing where they did the second largest bungee jump in the world. So even though the rest of the leg does not necessarily equate, I am happy that uh, we did sort of a a bit of a throwback to what is like a very significant landmark, considering that, again, it's near Guinness, I would say. Obviously does not make the record, but second place is not bad for longest bungee jump in the world. Where's the first? Where's the first longest? That's a great question. See, this used to be my job, mm-hmm. and now that we have Mike on the podcast, I have learned to delegate all of this fact-checking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like uh, this is like hazing. Like, yeah, this right, is, you're, the, you're first in. You have to do all the research. You're yeah, the new Linus. Like you, 
It's like when you joined Survivor Historians and they called you the temp for like three years. Yeah, I think they still do. Okay, largest <laughs> bungee jump is 233 meters, 13 meters more than the Versace Dam in Switzerland at the Macau Tower in Macau, China. Oh, oh okay. I'm surprised. Have we been to that one, Mike? I don't believe We've been to so. Macau. Or, we have been um, to Macau. Yeah, I know Amazing Race Canada went to Macau. Mm-hmm. Amazing Race US. Okay. They must have. They did. All right. Have um, either of you ever done a bungee jump? God, no. No. Mike? No, absolutely oh, not. No. I'm actually, I'd actually like to. Would you, you would? Yeah. What a thrill seeker. I mean, on a sliding scale, I suppose, <laughs> in comparison to the two of you, but I'm no evil Knievel. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, as long as you feel properly secured, uh, I might share it a bit up there and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I think that the fact that, you know, it is just a fall and you don't have to do anything afterwards, I think is a relatively nice feeling. There's no major work involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you're I saying enjoy that part of it. bungee jumping is actually easy. You don't have to do anything. The you're hardest just... part is getting off the ledge. Yeah, then yeah. let, you know, Sir Isaac Newton show his legacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. true. There's not, it's just a little bit of like fortitude you need to yeah. get through the task. And that's where the interesting television comes out of it, I guess. Okay. But yeah, I would only, the only time I think I would voluntarily bungee jump is if I found out somehow I was convinced that I was going to be on the amazing race and I knew I would be leaving in a few weeks, that would be the time to go on a bungee jump because I feel like if you've been on one before, when one comes up on the amazing race, you already know what to expect and you're not Mm. going to feel any, any type of way about it. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm very uninterested in bungee jumping. I think I would rather jump out of a plane than bungee jump. Oh, wow. Mm. No, I I disagree. I'd much rather jump off, off, off of a cliff than a plane. I can see... I can see the pros and cons of both because when you jump off, when you do the bungee jump, you are going to get caught at some point and you don't necessarily know when that is. And that's got to be also scary. Mm-hmm. But if you jump out of a plane, it's kind of like one continuous motion after you open the parachute. It's just like one continuous motion down to the ground. I think and the worst no part of the bungee jump up. is when <laughs> when you hit the, uh, the rubber band and then it comes exactly. jerking back up. That's, when you get caught. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would hate that. Like that part sucks, but mm-hmm. you don't have that. Maybe you have it a little bit when you open the chute, but you don't really have that in a skydive. Yeah. Okay. The Travelocity uh, Roaming Gnome uh, made uh, his annual appearance. Jess, were you excited to see our old friend, the Gnome? I was more excited back in the day when the social media manager at Travelocity would live tweet the episodes as the Gnome and like flirt with people back and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I realized the gnome was uh, getting his game on. Oh, he was a little bit of an incorrigible little <laughs> dude. Um, and whoever was doing the social media really had the voice down and the gnome had a real personality. But now, mm-hmm. now Travelocity just like tweets about travel and stuff and it's kind of boring. Yeah, cl- cleaned it up. Yeah. Right, well, that was good. I don't know. I don't want like gnome two to happen, you know, where someone's <laughs> like this Travelocity roaming gnome slid into my DMs and I don't know how mm-hmm. to feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he roamed a little too far sometimes. So uh, keep him more in check. OK, <laughs> show me that little chestnut that was in his satchel. And I okay. said, no way. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we head out from the pit stop. Uh, Ryan and Dusty, Kim and Penn, uh, they're at the top of the pack. Uh, the clue asks, uh, who wants to get down? Mike, I I love this. Yeah, I love this so much. If in two ways, I because it's such it's such producer stuff, but it produces the maximum amount of drama. First is the 
Uh, of course, the misleading roadblock clue, we get it sometimes, where Kim takes it because she thinks it's about dancing. And we know that Kim loves herself a dancer. And secondly, I actually love the choice that the first clue is a roadblock because for those people that are afraid to do the bungee jump, now you have a two-hour car ride, if you're lucky, to just stew in it. Mm-hmm. Just sit there. no stew. And- Exactly. And to just just run through your head, like all the things that could possibly go wrong from a mental health advocate perspective. It sucks. I feel for them when it comes to making good TV. uh, The producers were sort of from the pen perspective, right? Of just needling them of, all right, the time's slowly ticking down until you throw yourself at the mercy of this one bungee cord. Good Mm -hmm. luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, do you stew in it or do you get psyched about it? Because I feel like, you could, could go either way. Think it. Sure, it could go either way. You could you could have two hours to think about it and get ready for it and like run all the scenarios in your head and get there and feel like you're more ready than you were. I think it's better than like opening it and saying, okay, go put the harness on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I mean, again, that might just be different, you know, different people, different perspectives. Uh, I am someone where the longer I sit with the thought, the more it sinks into the morass that is my swampy, anxious mind. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you open it right there, right then, you could really easily that psych up thing i could very easily do in like five seconds for me it's the more i think about it the more i'm like oh oh no oh my god all right start writing my living will now uh let's talk about the departure times though because this is quite literally a departure from what we've done before i know that the producers have said that they sort of put new things in place Uh, i'm assuming this is going to continue to be instituted when they use the plane to fly from country to country but in general do we like the departure blocks i guess i'll put it of teams leaving at the same time in three separate groups Eh, i think they were i think they've been doing it for a while um they just haven't been talking about it it's Mm -hmm. one of these situations where i mean we know that it's been many many years since they've done the thing where you just leave 12 hours after you checked in um which i think in this case probably works better for everybody that they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, you know, the departure times I, I like, I, you know, I, I love nothing more than when somebody pretends they're doing something new, even if it's exactly what they've been doing for a long time before that. Um, but I don't think it has a whole lot of bearing on, on how they're going to do on the race because you know, they always end up like they get, they get bunched up. Jess, did I miss, did they give us the uh, distance between the departures for each group or we just got like first group, second group, third group? It was group? Uh, f- 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yeah, it, it's nothing. 15 <laughs> minutes is nothing. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that, and that's the thing is that I think on the surface you might be like, well, look at all the work Dusty and Ryan did only to get a 30 minute lead on Akbar and Sherry and Aruna and Talia. But to Jess's point, if the point is to keep things semi-competitive, like this is just almost taking the usual hours of operation uh, bunching point that they usually do and just throwing it to the beginning of the leg. So I think in the moment I was a little like, this is odd. I don't know how to feel about this. Like even having the first two teams leave together when we talked about this, Ryan and Dusty just smoked everyone in that last leg, did feel like they were sort of squandering the advantage. At the same time, the Amazing Race has kind of always been about those advantages being squandered for the sake of competition. And so I guess when you look at it that way, it's fine to just put that right at the beginning of the leg rather than have them travel to the dam and then they have to, you know, sign up for 15-minute slots there instead. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, it's exactly the same thing. But I honestly also, I think 
not that I don't want to reward people for doing well on the race, but it is kind of annoying when you have one team that's running roughshod over everybody else. And then that team gets rewarded with having more of a lead time. Mm -hmm. And we've done a lot to mitigate that. Like there, you know, back in the day you would have teams be like 24 hours ahead of everybody Mm -hmm. else. But I kind of don't hate that we're keeping it relatively even like from a production standpoint, they need to keep it tight. And from a, from an interesting racing standpoint, you get a lot more mixing of the order that way. Okay. So we had our teams uh, heading over to go to the bungee jump. What I was unclear about is we saw some teams really have difficulty with the navigation. Uh, Raquel and Kayla seemed like um, that they were having issues, but uh, it seemed like that we never really understood like what the issues were. I, I think when it came to, I am Far from an expert when it comes to the Swiss highway system, uh, but it did seem like it, from a traversing like just vast swaths of land, it was just this idea of like take the one road and maybe they just took a different road, mm-hmm. right? When they talked about how there was the fast route and the scenic route, they took the scenic route, but man. Sounds like a detour. Yeah, exactly. Talk about like not making a meal, make it like a five course meal out of an entire foreshadowing moment, right? How many times take a sip of this wine every time you heard Raquel or Kayla be like, we're so great. We're great at navigation. Look at us now. Write the check for us right now. We're doing it. We're not getting lost. We're Mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. Kind of buried Kayla on that. You know, a bit, but also how lost were they really? Do Mm -hmm. we really know that? Because this could be a case of, the editors making a meal out of one instance of them not knowing exactly where they were. Well, I don't even think that they ever felt like they were lost. I I think they Mm -hmm. just took a road like their, their path was like a a much longer path to get to where they were going, or apparently there was a shorter way to get there. But I don't think Raquel and Kayla ever felt like we're lost. We don't know where we're going. Right. They just, but you can do, you can show pictures of literally anybody doing literally anything Mm -hmm. and you can put the Dodo music behind it and it will feel like they screwed up much harder than they did. Okay. That being, that being said, I don't know. I still love them even more because of the response to them screwing up. I mean, we'll certainly talk about other racer reactions to not doing well, but I love that despite the fact that they're second to last, they just sort of like throw their hands up like, really? Why did we do that? We're idiots. Uh, and especially the interaction where Kayla's like, yeah, are you still rooting for me? And Raquel's like, definitely less so at this point. I, I don't know. I just love their camaraderie and their candidness with each other as well. Uh, it's, it's very playful and very fun. And the fact that they could still make light of the fact that they sent themselves back essentially two places when there's only six teams left by just taking the wrong way. I think is is something to strive for in positivity when it comes to an amazing race team. Okay, uh, let's talk about the teams arriving at the bungee jump. Uh, we get uh, Ryan and Dusty and uh, Penn and Kim uh, getting there about the same time. Uh, just they're going to have a game of uh, rock, paper, scissors, or uh, as Danny from Survivor put it, uh, paper, rock, scissors. And uh, the first, but I guess the, the loser has to go first. The loser has to go first. That's what I thought. Was that right? I don't think so, Rob. 
I think the winner got to go first. The win- oh, the winner- I, I, maybe I just like like uh, put that from my perspective of like, oh right. no, you go first. I need to see if this is going to break. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. After you, but I think. Oh no. Think- well, then, if that's the case, then like you want Kim to go first. She has the lighter weight. It's much less much less likely to snap than if Dusty goes first, wears out the bungee, and then if you go afterwards, it has a much greater chance of possibly could snapping. wear out the bungee. Yeah, but. I, I appreciated Penn saying something that we have repeated many times on this show. I think I have the clip. Yeah. Yeah. Play the clip. It's the amazing race. They don't want you to Yeah. They're not going to kill you. If this is something that people pay to do, it's probably pretty safe. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think we can assume that you're going to be okay as long as you follow all the rules. Yeah. I don't know. There's a thin line between Amazing Race task and uh, public execution, in my opinion. And so I can understand the fear behind it. Yeah. CBS, don't ever hire Mike Bloom to produce the Amazing Race. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have the demented Australian survivor torture challenges in my mind. But yeah, that's, I completely agree. It's this idea of, yeah, you might be psyched out in the moment. But as Jess said, this is stuff that people assumingly do all the time. It's it's fine. It's within the limits of human capabilities. Yeah. Yes. Although, Jess, at some point, though, you know, you start to get into the mindset of like that it dooms uh, anybody that happens to visit Westworld of like, it's just for fun. They're not going to really kill us. Yeah. I mean, you don't pay money to go to Jurassic Park without <laughs> assuming some level of risk. But yeah. I don't know. I I think we're we're not at that level of dystopia yet. Yeah, not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. So there you go. So uh, we get to see uh, first. It is going to be uh, Dusty who is going to uh, do the bungee jump, and uh, they take the roaming gnome on the bungee jump. Mike, uh, did the roaming gnome sign up for this? I mean, I'm assuming he signed a release, right, that allows him. I mean, we've done stuff before, like a few seasons ago. Remember, he was like sent down that little zip line uh, when they were in, Mm -hmm. I think it was in Africa, uh, when they had that roadblock to to explore the city and everything. So the roaming gnome has arguably been one of the most tenured members. I mean, if you're talking just about sort of uh, setting up what to expect with extreme tasks before the race, the the roaming gnome has done it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, that's who we can strive to be when it comes to resolve and constantly keeping the same look on your face, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in. Jess, I believe it was Dusty who said that he would rather rollerblade up Mount Everest than uh, do this jump. Uh, what would you rather do? Um, well, if I'm on TV, I'm going to have to come up with something good. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'd rather eat 10,000 pancakes. 10,000 pancakes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, boy, I watched an episode of Review one time where... Like, that's uh, what I'm thinking yeah. of. I'm thinking <laughs> of the pancakes on yes. Review. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Dusty said that, though, because considering what him and Ryan like to wear in terms of short shorts, I feel like if they <laughs> rollerblade up Mount Everest using that, like, they're going to get catch frostbite rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe not they Ryan. Have the, they have the combo of, like, the long sleeves and the short pants, mm-hmm. which is a very... That's a very specific type of outfit that you wear for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the did you guys notice that the tight gray shirts with the long sleeves, they make them look a lot like Hans and Franz? <laughs> oh. oh, I love that. Yeah. They did say they got more swole over the course of the blip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're swole and you wear that type of shirt, you are inviting that comparison. Yeah. I believe, Jess, uh, were Hans and Franz also Swiss? Or are they Austrian? I, I think they're, I think they're they Austrian. Austrian. But, maybe, but, but maybe we'll visit Austria on the Amazing Race this season. Yeah, you could drive there from Switzerland. Yeah, we did see that guy uh, who was carrying the 100-pound boulder. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what nationality that guy was. But. Yeah, he was Scottish. Yeah. Well, was he Scottish? Did we hear him talk? He could have been an immigrant. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so good luck for uh, Ryan and Dusty. Uh, Kim is the one who has to do uh, the bungee jump. I like when she said that she should be driving the kids to school right now. Instead, she's going to do this bungee jump. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be Are you going to be calling Nicole Safety Susie anytime soon, Rob? Like what Kim coins herself is Nicole Safety Susie? Yeah. Yes, I have to say probably uh, she's probably is a Safety Susie. Yeah, the thing that, that Kim said that stuck with me was. I would rather do this jump 12 times than let anybody get ahead of me. Yeah. Mm. I think that's the point. It's like, yeah, you, you got to do it if you're going to be on the amazing race, because if you don't do it, the alternative is you don't get to be on the amazing race anymore. Yeah. Um, nice scene for Penn also, uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, he yeah. was like, uh, moved to tears watching. I, I mean, I think I would be in the same position of just to be crying. Like, I'm so happy I didn't have to do this. <laughs> Well, it's it's weird because his reasoning seemed odd. Initially, I thought it was just like him being like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of her. But then he says, like, I had this moment where I just imagined, like, what would have happened if, you know, she yeah. didn't come back up. It's like, oh, my God, that's that's why you're crying. It's, it's part of tears, of, tears mm-hmm. of happiness. My God, Penn, I know you sort of put in the gallows humor on your way there to kind yeah. of needle Kim, but I didn't realize that was manifesting. It was itself. probably a bunch of things. But yeah, it was it was really sweet, yeah. uh, especially again in an episode where sometimes married couples do not necessarily see eye to eye. It was nice to see Penn uh, have some tears in his eyes mm-hmm. as he not only saw his wife, but greeted his wife coming up, being so happy that she did it. OK, uh, so, so our first two teams, uh, they're going to head down to Lugano to go to the lakefront town. Other teams are going to arrive. Uh, we're going to eventually get Lulu and Lala, who had a yeah. uh, very uh, strong week. And Mike, we thought that Lulu and Lala were sort of just like dead weight uh, the, over the first night of the amazing race. But uh, they've really they've come back from the blip uh, pretty strong. Yeah, she, they really sheezed all that at it, right? Where, like, they had the paint-covered overalls and the, the tightly pulled-back ponytail, and now they've just sort of... Ironically enough, I think they had the twin uh, braids going on this episode, and they've really had a good time. You know, it seemed like they were really good with the directions. I thought they had a really fun episode from a character perspective as well. I love that Lala comes in and comes out of the roadblock talking about pee, uh, that she says, like, I'm, she says, I'm so excited I'm going to pee myself, but then afterwards she celebrates the fact that she indeed did not pee herself. Yes. When okay. she was well, let's listen. This is Lala talking about the jump. I didn't pee myself. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no bathroom breaks needed then. Great. We're going to cut down on a lot of time when it comes to driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, good job there by Lala, who has the twin telepathy also. Good to know. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we get a lot of uh, Raquel and Kayla driving. Uh, Natalia and Arun are driving uh, as they make their way there. Finally, uh, Akbar and Sherry uh, get there. And uh, they told <laughs> just uh, they, they were basically told in the clue. Uh, Sherry, you have to do this because Akbar uh, is uh, over the weight limit for the bungee jump. We had actually a few people slid into my DMs asking about this. Um asking whether this is something that happens a lot. And my answer is, I don't think it happens a lot, but we have certainly seen, like there were quite a few, the Globetrotters have raced, you know, nine times. And usually there's at least one task where they're like, yeah, flight time, you got to do this one because Big Easy is too big. Mm -hmm. And easy. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I had another I had another listener ask us what would happen if both of the racers were too big for the tasks. And I have to think that that is something that they would plan around, that they would make sure that did not happen. Mm-hmm. That you're I wonder not. If that's, yeah. Is that allowed? Do you think they essentially type out some people of like, okay, uh, sorry to bodybuilders. You're not allowed to race together because you're just too big and too tall. The only time I could think of that. that Are Hans and Franz on the race in this scenario, Mike? Yeah, exactly. Like, no, we're trying to pump each other up. (laughs) Why do you mean we can't do the bungee jump? I don't want to take the penalty. (laughs) The only time I could think of that might have been a problem is if we had, um, like, we had the NBA players on the one season. Oh, true, Cedric and Sean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cedric and Sean might have run into that, but I also think the Amazing Race knew with enough lead time, we are having Cedric and Sean on here, so we have to make sure that there's not a task that's going to get them stuck. Yeah, your tasks are too puny for us to be on the race. We would we demolish them. Because of our muscle. <laughs> Why did Dusty said they could muscle do anything, but muscles got us out. It's a double-edged muscle. So, <laughs> Sherry. So this is the first time, what, since like 2018, Rob, that we pulled out Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. We dusted that old thing off, that little chestnut. Sure. So, uh, Sherry, Sherry was uh, not particularly thrilled to see what the uh, bungee jump was going to be. Oh, my God. 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 <laughs> I think Sherry might be one of my favorite contestants low-key on this season. Just her, her, her reactions to everything. All she could yes. say was three words the entire time. It was like the record was stuck. Yeah. Sherry is basically me on The Amazing Race. <laughs> I've never Fair. felt more <laughs> bonded to a character of, you know, just somebody who uh, does not want to do any of these physical tasks, uh, has a partner that uh, speaks to them in uh, some kind of way. Uh, very, very relatable. Well, sure. But I also, they have to have known, like Sherry said, that they had already talked ahead of time before going on the race that she was not going to do the heights tasks. And then it turns out like they had to have known that there was going to be a point where there were going to be certain tasks that she would have to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, perhaps they did not imagine that uh, the heights task would be the one uh, that they uh, were uh, going to force her to do. Uh, but I guess if you were imagining like, well, what are the things that they're going to say are uh, Akbar is too big to do? Probably anything requiring like some sort of a harness. Yep. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, jump. that's literally the only reason why, unless it's like, hey, go into this small space. That might be the only thing that precludes tall people. Otherwise, yeah, it, it's always going to be something where maybe you're like crawling up something or if you're like climbing something as well, if the harness is too small. Uh, so, yeah, the vast majority of the time, maybe this is something that like, again, if you're talking about conditioning yourself, maybe Sherry should have been forced to go skydiving a couple times. We listen. She's we're both from New Jersey. There's an indoor skydiving place right around the corner from me. Maybe they should have experienced that. They could start with the indoor skydiving, which is not terribly scary, and then work their way up. I'm saying like you talk. We talk a lot about learn how to drive a stick shift, learn how to swim, practice eating gross things. But honestly, I think I think the tactic is you got to go do a couple of thrill tasks so that it doesn't hold any surprise for you. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! 
It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let's talk about the detour that we saw our teams uh, head towards. Uh, Bartender race or sausage in case. Uh, Jess. Sausage in your face. Sausage in your face. Oh, my God. Uh, So uh, were you liking uh, what we landed on here? Well, this just struck me. I mean, naming wise, I think you could have gone with something better. But I I mean, sausage or nuts was right there, right? It's right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, food or drinks, it's right there too. Mm -hmm. Um, but is the only way to access this outdoor bar for the patrons to climb all these stairs? And, uh, if they become overserved, uh, isn't this potentially a very dicey proposition for anybody who goes here? Well, can we get get into like a big little lies scenario for many people at the end of this? (laughs) No spoilers, Mike. Um, you gotta have a, I think what you, what I think what the tactic is, I think the trick here is. You need to have people climb up the stairs and then you need to have a slide. So after you get mm. overserved, you don't have to go back down those stairs. You can just slide. Yeah, like one of those big inflatable airplane slides that they provide. Like that that'd be really nice. Maybe oh like how about uh uh what brats or booze? That's another good one of uh just uh yeah, bartender race and sausage in case was just the term bartender race to me, I think is is the one that really sticks out to me because I what does that even mean? Yeah, and honestly, you don't really say in case. I think if you're going to go that way, you say bartender racing or sausage casing. Yeah, that's good. Mm. That's much better. Mm-hmm. Like just the tiny little tweaks. It's finesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had 18 months to think of these things, so I I don't think they have an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So bartender racing or sausage in case. It seemed to me the sausage in casing was on a degree of difficulty about a two. Whereas the bartender racing was probably uh, like uh, an eight or a nine. Oh, totally. I can't believe anybody would choose the racing over the casing. (laughs) The only thing I can think of is that we have done the stuffing the sausage task a few times before. And it seemed like people had trouble with it. And if you had watched the previous season's. I think it was 21 they did this, maybe. Yeah, I think I remember they did it in 11, I think, too, while they were in Austria. For some reason, I have an image of Charlotte and Mirna mm, doing it. They didn't, no, they didn't stuff the sausage. They, that was the sausage in your face task. They had to oh, eat the gotcha, sausage. Gotcha. Maybe they had to stuff it, too. It's mm, been a long time. Yeah. That, that episode makes me angry, though, because justice for Team Guido. So, yeah, I'm not watching. talking about March for Elimination. Yeah, that was a uh, bit him in the butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was just like the, the whole thing was so poorly planned that there was no way that was going to happen any other way. But anyway, I don't want to go down that path. I want to go down the path where at the end of it, you get stuffed sausage. Um, the only thing I think of is there may be teams that watched that episode semi recently and saw people having trouble with it and assumed that it would be hard. This did not seem like it was like you could almost not fail at that. Well, I don't know if the teams uh, really got a sense of what it was going to be, but I, when you hear bartender race, it's like, ooh, drinks, fun, racing, fast. Okay, good. Let's do I mean, that yeah, one. You're, yeah, you're Kim, right? And you're like, oh, booze, fantastic. Sign me up. Right. Nobody is ever allowed to drink on these tasks, and they should know that. Just like, they, not- they, uh, they yeah. got, they had to, they were drinking beer and throwing darts on, on this very season. 
Yeah, but they didn't have to drink the beer. <laughs> yeah, they got to. They got to. They got to. But nobody was condoning it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not going to be a party. You could have an incidental party after you do the task, but it's not going to be. It's never going to be go and go and drink this delicious thing and have a good time. There's going to be something difficult involved. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Kim and Penn did go back to their pre-race decision, right? Like the sausage was the judge task and Mm -hmm. decided not to go with it. I mean, really the problem with bartender race was that it was a big gotcha, right? Like it was very clear. It said, do not climb 75,000 stairs to go deliver these things to a party. And so I could understand why, especially Ryan and Dusty, uh, right, they're like, yeah, we're going to do this. It just seems like you pick up wine and chestnuts <laughs> and you climb the stairs. Uh, but then when you see how much they have to do, like how much even they struggled. But yeah, this was yet another big imbalance. Uh, the sausage really just did seem, maybe these are just two teams, two or three teams that had a really good job handling it, but like seemed very simple. Yeah, the do. only wrinkle we saw any team even have with doing the sausage was sometimes... The uh, sausage uh, was not of an adequate length for the judges. That was the only thing that was uh, the potential uh, roadblock that screwed up teams on this. Well, they needed a particular length of sausage to be satisfied. And Certainly. I think, I, I think it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like there are always tasks on The Amazing Race that are like, go to this place and get this thing and bring it to somebody at the other thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just results-oriented thinking here, but it sure seemed to me like that could play any number of ways. And there's like a certain amount of surety to the sausage task. Like, you know, that you you have to do this thing and that is the thing you are doing in that place. It's not, you don't know if you're going to have to run all over the entire town you don't know if there's 75 million steps to climb like mm-hmm. you have no idea what that task is until you are until you have it right in front of you yeah okay so uh we're gonna see uh first ryan dusty uh they are the ones who are going to uh get started going on the uh staircase uh they uh get going with uh, a bunch of bags uh was there any sort of like uh like science to how many bags how many bottles of wine we saw teams try to break it up differently but uh it seemed like that the people were overthinking it yeah ryan and dusty definitely overthought it because yeah but i didn't know that until i saw kim and pen come up with like Ryan and Dusty take three bags of nuts each on the first trip. Yeah. And then Kim and Penn just take six each on their, on their first trip. And I thought, oh, they've screwed it up. They're going to, there's going to be nuts all over the place. Like nuts just going everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that is not what happened. Like they just dumped them in the bucket and they were done. Or, or Um, even what Akbar and Sherry did where they took up most of the wine balls and then they took like the remaining wine balls and then half of the nuts. You know, I don't even realize you can mix and match in that regard, but that makes a lot of sense as opposed to Ryan and Dusty, who were very oddly enough here being clean and even was not the way to go of like, okay, we'll just do six and then six and then six and then six. Really, if you could afford to bring more, you should, because it's one of these things where every single time you went up those stairs, it got harder and harder. I will also say, in general, speaking of the party, because we know that basically everyone who we see in those shots of Phil explaining the detour and the roadblock, they have all been vaccinated. They've all been tested in order to be on the show. 
And I was happily surprised at how many people we saw. It legitimately did look like a bustling party. One of the a Gatsby style soiree was happening up there at the top of the stairs. And I'm like, go down to Switzerland. That's awesome. I thought it was going to be more like desolate, you know, a few scant people standing around. But it seems like if everyone was indeed tested and vaccinated, uh, then I'm so glad they still are able to sort of bring that sense of normalcy of Phil being in this big social gathering. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were outdoors. It was safe. I had two questions about this, actually, to bring to the group. My first question was, why was everybody wearing their backpacks? Mm-hmm. That's a, that- it's a great question. The only thing I could possibly think is that you're, uh, when it comes to outside of the stair stuff, like the first half of the task, you are wandering around the streets. And so I think even if you drop your bags next to the stairs, that's still a fairly public place. And you could get, you know, uh, poor James and Abba in season 21, right? Mm-hmm. The worst nightmare is getting your stuff stolen. You're essentially leaving it open to see if people are going to take it. But I don't understand why they couldn't leave their bags at the party. That's what I was intrigued by. Like, once you make that first trip, I could understand. But once you get at the top, can't you just drop the bags and go from there? Like, these keys, these people seem friendly. They'll be able to watch your stuff. I mean, there's a production crew up there. Mm-hmm. Like, can't, can't they just have your stuff next to them? I mean, I could definitely see the scenario where they say, like, you can't use production as a resource here of, mm. you know, you can't just leave your stuff around. And I also could see, like, that people uh, in this, like, big, like, uh, tourist spot, uh, just like at the airport, they don't want you to leave, like, a bag unattended uh, somewhere. If you see something, say something. That's true. Yeah, That's so true. I'm, I'm getting a ticking noise from that foam roller. I don't know. It looks real <laughs> sus. Yeah. Yeah. Put a pin in that foam roller because I want to come back to that. But I have a second question. And that question is, is there, are there benefits and drawbacks to taking the wine first versus taking the chestnuts first? The one thing I could think of is it began to get, as you exerted yourself more you got sweatier and sweatier like i think uh dusty says at one point like these things are slipping through my hands when he was talking about the wine bottles so i would actually recommend taking the wine bottles first because those are more likely to slip out of sweaty palms and shatter on the pavement uh than like holding those you know uh parchment paper things full of chestnuts Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think that we saw other than maybe did uh sherry and akbar i think went for the wine uh first thing everybody else uh uh, ended up doing the wine second yeah and that didn't go well for them Mm -hmm. yeah so and i do i do wonder to that point though if they had to keep their packs and i'm sure they weren't allowed to but i i wish someone would kind of macgyver it and like fill their fanny pack with chestnuts you know, or like put the wine uh, in little straps on their backpack of like, well, we're technically carrying it. Uh, you didn't have to say we carry it in our arms. Yeah, I'm sure teams tried to finagle the rules. Like I, I know from Survivor, there's a million like, oh, what, can we do this? Can we do this? How about this? Uh-huh. And they're like, listen, the task is carry them up in your hand. Stop it. Knock it off. Yeah, there had to be. Well, you know that every time they open a clue, there's like three stages of the clue. Mm-hmm. There is the part we see on TV with like the the titles of the tasks and that's where you choose. And then there's a second sheet that's like more like go to this place to start this task. And then there is like the the fine print. And it's like you may do this. You may not do this. You may not do this. You may not do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Lulu and Lala. And Mike, you mentioned uh, how much fun they were uh, in this episode. Boy. They uh, brought a lot of personality to the sausage-making task. Uh, first off, 
Again, I'm not sure if it was Lulu or Lala. Uh, one of them was like, first off, very distracted by uh, there was a there was a uh, a man <laughs> who they met with beautiful eyes. Yeah, uh, much like you know Trish back in the days of Survivor Pearl Islands. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted him in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make another Survivor <laughs> reference, Rob. I loved how they used the actual like dreamscape overlay mm-hmm. of his face very much reminds me of your season right when like you were all describing jenna and heidi and yes. it, like they popped up in a thought bubble I, I i always i'm a sucker for that editing effect in reality tv so i'm happy they use it here to remind us about old blue eyes mm-hmm. yeah so uh we had that guy uh we also uh heard uh this and and again i i apologize uh that i'm not sure if this was lulu or lala last time i used a knife I sliced my finger off last time i used a knife jess i sliced my finger off well, I don't think she meant the whole finger, Rob. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was just part of the finger. And who among us has not done that? I mean, I haven't sliced part of my fingers off yet. Yeah, I've I've sliced my finger enough that there was a piece of it that we had to bring to the hospital in a bag. But oh my they god, put it back on. Oh my god, it was tiny. It was a tiny piece. But that should also be said that you got you still got back in the kitchen after that fact, right? Because they were sort of saying like, oh well. We used to cook with our grandmother, but then I sliced part of my finger off. And you know, that's the last time that I handled really anything culinary wise. I was cooking again less than 24 hours later and using wow. the same knife. Oh, my God. So. All right. It was like right before we got married, we got new knives. It was like the first drive mm-hmm. of the knife. Mm-hmm. And I had terrible knives before that. So I had different technique. It was bad. Wow. Okay. Um be careful, everybody out there. Yeah, if you get a new knife, public service announcement, if you get a new knife and you've had bad knives for a long time, you got to be super careful. Yes, okay. That's not a knife. This is a that's knife. A, yeah. That's a little knife safety PSA nestled in our Amazing Race recap. Yes. You can also buy gloves that will oh. protect your hands. Wow. I'm surprised they actually didn't. Did they have gloves that they were using? I'm, I'm assuming not. They should have had gloves because they're handling raw meat. Mm-hmm. But- I mean, that's very true, especially during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming nobody was eating the sausage after the fact. Yeah, they don't eat when they have to prepare things on this show. Nobody eats them afterward. Mm-hmm. Mike, we also saw Lulu and Lala uh, battle a bee. Yeah, a bee, a real carnivorous bee just because they came smelling. Unless that bee was into, you know, one of them, much like they were into the blue-eyed butcher. <laughs> Maybe. So they had to fall off a bee and uh, were working on making the sausage. Uh, so... Sherry and Akbar uh, enter uh, the fray, and uh, they are uh, getting on, on their way there. Uh, eventually, we also check in with Natalia and Arun, who realize they are an hour away, Jess. That's, like, as soon as you saw that, you knew that that was, that was how the episode was going to end. Like, 40 minutes into the episode, when you have somebody an hour away from everybody else, and you haven't seen them do any tasks yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the writing's kind of on the wall there. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, Ryan and Dusty are starting to s- slow down. Okay. Uh, Dusty is cramping up, Mike. Yeah. Like beast mode cowboy style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is for more than, 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 you know, salt and pepper, but they're able to make it up there. But we do see him cramp up a little bit. And Jess, I know what you're going to get into. Would be nice if there was a foam roller around that Dusty could have used. My to help favorite roll up thing. <laughs> My favorite thing in the episode was I was I just waited. I was like, oh, they're gonna use the foam roller. And you just know that Ryan was like, that's why I brought it. You thought it was dumb. This is why I brought it. And 
then we didn't get to see that. And I, I hope it's in a secret scene. I hope it comes up because mm-hmm. as soon as that started happening, I'm like, oh, please, oh, please, can the foam roller come into play? It's Chekhov's foam roller. It's just hanging yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen. Yeah. Um, Ryan, bowling ball, uh, calves, foam roller, no problems. Yeah, it's interesting. These guys sort of have uh, some lower body issues, uh, or I guess the really emphasis on them. Uh, but I mean, it's not going to hamper their progress any further. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is another Chekhov's moment to Jess's point where Dusty talks about how his legs occasionally cramp up. Could we possibly get into a situation when there's like a possible foot race and those leg cramps come back again and possibly, uh, you know, really sideline the two foam roller notwithstanding? Mm hmm. I mean, that's your PSA right there. Don't skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. That's right, <laughs> Dusty. Be careful. Okay. So let's uh, get to, all right. Sherry and Akbar are going to finally uh, show up. Uh, and uh, they get pointed in the right direction. Um, I thought it was interesting that when uh, Penn and Kim were lost, Ryan and Dusty like wanted no part of like pointing them in the right direction. But with Sherry and Akbar, oh no, you go right over there. Uh, they were very helpful to Sherry and Akbar. I mean, I'm trying to remember, were they done with the task by the time Akbar and Sherry came? So that also might be a thing like we talked mm-hmm. about with helping teams uh, from a couple legs ago, right? Of like They were getting okay. close. They, I think they might have okay. been on their last uh, trip down. Yeah, so then may, may, maybe then it was a little bit of shadiness, right? Of like, and also when they didn't help Kim and Penn, like that was right at the beginning as well. So it, it might have been that thing, like what happened with Natalia with the bagpipes of like, if you're on your way out and it doesn't take too much time, you can say it, as opposed to if you're in the hunt with these teams right at the beginning of a task, you shouldn't help them. Mm-hmm. So, Jess, we see uh, Sherry says, okay, let's, we could take all. The bottles. Uh, Penn and Kim said, okay, don't try to take them all. Sherry said, let's, uh, we can, uh, what, yeet this thing? <laughs> so chuggy for you to say, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Let's take all the bottles. We got this. We can do it. I don't think I would take them across a flat surface. That's mm-hmm. a lot of bottles. There's a lot of bottles. Why did they pick this? Like, let's just be <laughs> frank here. And Jerry, why did they pick this task? As soon as they said, all right, let's do bartender race, I, I was like, what? Yeah, especially, Mike, with the background that they have, that they cook for all these students, you would think that is considering, especially that, you know, racing on foot has not been their forte so far in this race. Yeah, why not go with the sausage in case? I don't know. It seems like for whatever reason, if Arun and Natalia's issue is navigation, Akbar and Sherry's one of many issues is like picking the right task in the moment, right? Whether it was Sherry for the roadblock last time, this time they were a little hampered, obviously, and then immediately deciding, okay, we're going to do the bartender race this time. For whatever reason, their instincts when it comes to immediately opening a clue do not seem great. And as a result, they do not do terribly well. Because, yeah, I would imagine... You know, they are a large source of drama in this episode. And I think if they did the sausage, there still might be some bickering back and forth, but not nearly on the level of what happened when they were climbing those steps. Yeah, I can see why this happens sometimes. I I mean, I I have a theory. Yes. The theory theory is Akbar keeps referencing the fact that they were division one athletes. He keeps saying like we were, you know, we were basketball players. We played at the same school. We were really good at what we did. It's like, yeah, you were. You're in your 40s now. 
it's it's not the same thing. Like you need to be a little more aware of who you are now. You didn't run Amazing Race one. Yeah. He also said about uh, the competitiveness between them. He said uh, when they play basketball, like uh, he dunks on Sherry. That's not surprising. I think we're just seeing more and more into their home life. I'm a little bit like, all right, I'm fine keeping my distance a bit. I don't know if I want to see Akbar dunking on Sherry and Sherry like shadow boxing Akbar. This seems like a, an odd home to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it works for them, it works at for home, them. Yeah, they're competitive. Yeah. No, no judgment, I guess. Yeah, it just like it may not be working for them on the Amazing Race. <laughs> Maybe not on the Amazing Race. Um, let's check back in with uh, Lulu and Lala who are just uh, acing the sausage uh, task. It's a happy day for Lulu and Lala. I, I did think that this was uh, an odd comment uh, that they said. Schools should teach boys how to make sausage. The schools should teach boys how to make sausage. Oh, I mean, uh, it, it seems relatively straightforward, the euphemism, no? Does the sausage casing not resemble something a they, little translucent yeah, that you put over might something put. sausage shaped yeah <laughs> exactly that's i think what they're implying i i think so. it was kind of a lulu and lala that's not safe for radio yeah, yeah like what school teaches anybody how to make sausage <laughs> they might start you know maybe they should start bananas are out sausages are in <laughs> Hey kids, hi, it's Lulu and Lala from KTU and the Amazing Race. Remember, when you are making sausage, always be sure to keep your sausage in its casing. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> hey kids, hi, it's Lulu and Lala from KTU and the Amazing Race. Hey kids, remember, when you're playing with knives, be careful. You could chop your finger off. Hey, kids, it's Ryan. Remember, bring a foam roller. Your friend has bad crabs in his leg. I got to climbing all the stairs. I didn't know that this song had an accent. But yeah, I think that's what they at least listen. If the, the, I, you know my brand, it might be go a bit blue, but I'm if I'm picking up what they're putting down correctly, I think that's what they were going for. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, Lulu and Lala. <laughs> All right. So um, we're starting to uh, see the task take its toll on. Uh, Sherry and Akbar, Jess. Uh, the stress is getting to them now. Lo- at first, when they took like an odd number of bottles, like uh, what are they thinking here? Uh, they, I think they were bringing up what seven or eight bottles. I think they were taking eight bottles at first, which I thought was like, okay, this is a little weird. Uh, you know, why not go with uh, three and three and then make another trip with three and three? But uh, fortunately. Uh, this ended up working out for them because uh, Sherry is going to drop one of the bottles. I mean, they did not design this task with the thought that that nobody was going to drop a bottle. Hmm. This whole thing was engineered. Like they would have been disappointed. Like Bertram and Elise would have been very upset if somebody had not dropped a bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't they grease the bottles before the task? I mean, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Or just like one bottle out of every 12 is greased. Just like see how they handle the, the bad bottle. If you will. I mean, listen, uh, one of the high points of the episode for Akbar and Sherry was not only the appreciation he had for her with the roadblock, but also him 
incorrectly believing that a hydrant was a clue. That I, I really got tickled by that. <laughs> I mean, if I knew Amazing Race was coming to my town, I would definitely go out and paint a bunch of random stuff, yellow and red, just to mess with them. Mm-hmm. So as uh, Akbar and Sherry, they're going up the stairs. Uh, Sherry, her, her legs are turning into mush. Don't forget, in the last uh, leg that Sherry did have to do uh, the task up in the uh, in in the mountain range. Uh, yeah, and she does she does remind Akbar of that, and he gives a hearty congratulations with no ounce of sarcasm in response. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so uh, he tells her to uh, go up ahead. Uh, and, uh, that sh- Sherry drops the bottle of wine just very dramatically. We do like, we pan to, uh, almost like in a movie where like, uh, the blood is like oozing out of a body of somebody that gets, uh, stabbed. Like we see the red wine dripping down the steps. I mean, I would love to be the cameraman that had to stand there and get the B roll of the broken glass and the wine dripping down the steps. Like, hold on guys. I, I, I see something here. I need to get this shot. Yeah, And then, you know, then bring in someone to clean up the broken glass before somebody cuts their foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a whole ass mess from the very beginning. Right. When Sherry's like, we're going to take it all. Great. And they walk, what, maybe 15 steps. She says, nope. Gotta abort, put it back. Abort. Put no, it back. Yeah, that's when we realized that maybe they were in over their heads. Maybe they should have swapped in that moment. But they kept going and. Man, it got heated and not just like Sherry, you know, temperature wise, just lots of spats back and forth. The flag twirling last leg was really the tip of the iceberg in that regard, because this is just something that is really coming out uh, okay. whenever these two are under stress. I am I am formulating a theory here. Oh, so I mean, this presupposes a lot of knowledge here that I never know how much the racers know and don't know about what is going on. But if you are aware that there is another team that's very far behind you, I think the I think how you choose your detour becomes a very different strategy. Mm-hmm. Like you could choose the one that you think is going to be a little bit more fun in that case, and you may be less incentivized to think hard about which one you're going to do better. And so you can also in that in that instance you can take fewer bottles. Mm-hmm. You can make more trips if you want. Mm. Because you know you're not getting out, and especially with this new rule change, where you are definitely going to leave. If you're in fifth place out of six, you're still going to leave ahead of the team that was before you. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be like it doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes that you check in with that much lead time. It's it's not going to matter. So you might as well like take your sweet time with this kind of thing. That presupposes they know that Arun and Italian are, are still out there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they did. So they were at the roadblock in fourth, right? Because they also beat Raquel and Keller. So maybe they do think there is some, for lack of a better term, wiggle room, right? Of like, okay, well, we, we didn't get lost going to the plaza. At least we know we're in fourth place. Uh, so we're going to be able to, you know, give ourselves some more room uh, but they certainly didn't act like it, I would say, yeah. when it came to like uh, when it, when push came to shove. And what you don't know is that the other task is extremely easy. And even though you have not had eyes on Arun and Natalia, mm-hmm. they could be there at that very moment. That's true. They could have they could have been 45 minutes behind everybody else and then rocked up to the sausage task and like be smoking. Based on that still- montage we saw at the end of the episode, Jess, they just it seemed like that they had no problems. Judge said perfect. 
Yeah, I love I love those those moments where they're that far behind. Yeah, and then it's like yeah, we did all the tasks really fast. It was just and spent the you, entire episode and driving. You know the rest, etc. Yada yada yada. They're in last. Yep. And it didn't matter that they aced all the tasks because they were still in last place. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let's start talking about the teams checking in at the mat. Uh, Dusty and Ryan, they survive the close call with the cramps and they make it to the mat. Team number one, once again, uh, Ryan and Dusty. And uh, for their troubles, they win a trip for two to the island of Dominica. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. It's in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was going to make a joke about Dominica Nica in Gay Paris, but it's nowhere near France. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. So, Mike, are you Googling that right now? Yeah, it's in, it's in the Caribbean. Yeah. OK, thanks. Yeah. I mean, you already tasked him as the official Googler of the podcast. Josh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, his, his keyboard's quieter than mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan and Dusty, uh, that we've seen, what, five legs of the of the race? Uh, what, how many first place finishes now for Ryan and Dusty? Three. Three. They have a 60% hit rate. And I believe the other times they weren't in first, I'm pretty sure they were in second. So we're looking at like Eric and Jeremy from season nine levels of dominance at this point. I mean, look, there's a reason why the next time on was built around this climacticism of, will Ryan and Dusty actually not be good at something for once? Like they are Mm -hmm. really running away with this. Not to say that they're going to win. Yeah, Uh, We have seen many seasons where there's a presumptive front runner who just absolutely chokes at the end. But so far they have yet to hit any sort of stumble whatsoever in probably more than halfway through the race at this point. I do want to do a little bit of a uh, drill down on that uh, once we get to the end of the episode and talk a little bit more. But uh, congratulations, Ryan and Dusty. They are team number one. Uh, This time, Lulu and Lala are team number two. And uh, they just edge out uh, Penn and Kim, who are very close to another second place finish. Uh, But uh, congratulations, Lulu and Lala. That was exciting, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I think we had really counted them out last week. We had said, you know, there's a top tier and then there's everybody else. And we counted them very solidly in everybody else. So mm-hmm. I like the thought that when we have that third team, yeah, that's, you know, off in the other tier, it could be them. I like that. A lot. Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, looking at Raquel and Kayla as like the mm-hmm. third team in uh, the uh, triumvirate and felt like that. OK, well, Lulu and Lala are just kind of like, like drifting uh, off of uh, Raquel and Kayla. But here they were on their own second place. Yeah, uh, Lulu and Lala really doing what you should in the race, right? Starting off stumbling, got a bit lucky with that non-elimination, but like eventually getting your air under your wings. I mean, they do have inspiration now, right? This is the second time in two episodes we heard about the tragic loss of their grandmother. So like almost feels like they're doing it for, for something larger than them this time around, but they're on a good streak. I mean, hopefully the only other place they have to go upwards is first. And hopefully that means they'll be able to 
get that and really make themselves a threat to win coming mm-hmm. up here. And then Kim and Penn, uh, they come in third place. Just another solid week uh, on the race. You know, uh, that I feel like that they have like uh, almost like a Tyler and Corey of just like that. There's, there's nothing that they're bad at, you know, that it's just going to come down to, you know, uh, can they end up in first place like on the final leg? Yeah, they're good. There's not much to say about them this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go back to the teams who are in the back of the pack. Uh, Raquel and Kayla, they finally arrive. They do the sausage making and uh, they are working on putting together their sausage. Uh, We hear this uh, from Raquel. Raquel is uh, not so much into the sausage. I don't even like to eat sausage. I'm a bacon girl. Okay. Uh, Is bacon versus sausage a rivalry? I didn't realize there was a battle of the pork products going on. I mean, maybe it is a textural thing. And I think it's actually Kayla, not Raquel, because she like makes gagging noises, right? And she's like, I can't, Mm -hmm. she essentially can't handle the ground pork. So maybe for her, it's a matter of staying away from anything like, you know, squishy and more so something crispy. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the the bigger deal. Yeah. Where does ham fall into all of this? Bacon or sausage or ham? I I feel like I I thought they were friends. I I didn't know you had to pick a side. You can go to IHOP and order. Yeah, you can go to IHOP and order all three of them on one plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were allies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, apparently, there's a rivalry now, but when there's smoke between bacon and sausage, and what about Canadian bacon? Canadian bacon is a type of ham. Mm. Okay. All right. So um, we see uh, Raquel and Kayla. They're just uh, uh, acing this. The one problem they run into, they have uh, one sausage that's a little uh, undersized, uh, but they are able to immediately rectify that. Yeah, and, and Lulu and Lala made the smart choice, which you always should if you have to make something in these tasks. Make more than enough, because then it's this idea right of, okay, we made six, so even if two are bad, we're going to give yeah. ourselves a little bit of leeway. I think Raquel and Kayla only made four, and that's why they got held up. Yeah, and just it seemed like that the challenge here was sort of just like assembling the sausage uh, stuffing machine and sort of like getting getting it going. It seems like that once you had it, it wasn't really that big of a chore to you know pump out some more sausages. Yeah, I think I think you get it started. Yeah, and I that, it seemed like they were having a little trouble getting it started, but then once it was. Once it was going, it 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 went as long as you needed to. Yeah, Mike, it's a little bit like the podcasts, you know. Like uh, once the podcasts have started, it's easy just to like uh, keep them going. Uh, you know, the hard part is just like uh, getting the whole thing assembled. I think the yeah, hard once- part for Mike is getting the thing to yeah, end. getting it to stop. Right, exactly. Like for me, it's once the plugs start, like then it's like Penn running down the mountain, right? Like I just trip over myself. Mm-hmm. I can't stop running mm-hmm. and you have to get cut off at the end of the day. So yeah, the, the hardest part is really getting the machine and, and feeling the form as it were. You know, we didn't all study this in school, uh, which is, I guess, why, again, Lulu and Lala made that educational recommendation. <laughs> okay. So uh, we finally get uh, Akbar and Sherry. They complete their task. Uh, Raquel and Kayla, they complete their task. Uh, they're on opposite detours, but timing-wise, uh, they are very close to each other. And so Akbar and Sherry are on their way to their mat. Raquel and Kayla pass them by. Akbar, nothing he can do. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it goes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, they saved their energy uh, and probably had some sausage on top of that, whereas Akbar and Sherry had now done three trips up and down the stairs. So when you say, like, run faster, she physically could not, mm-hmm. considering the amount of cardio that had been put in. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think on a flat surface with the same level of energy, 
that's still not a contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Akbar said, we're walking to our doom. Uh, so they get to the mat. And so Phil uh, says like, hey, well, uh, you know, I have to tell you, uh, how, how, you how do you think you both are doing? And then I think that Raquel and Kayla, they said, oh, we just don't want to be last. Akbar says, uh, we want to be teams one and two. <laughs> I mean, you listen, can want that all you want. Dude. <laughs> when you when you make a deal, start high and then negotiate. Right. Mm. That's what Angelina taught me. It's like, yeah. All right, Phil. Well, well can we start mm-hmm. the bidding at first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work our way down. Okay, so Raquel and Kayla, they're four. Akbar and Sherry, they're five. Uh, not eliminated, so it was a party. Uh, relatively speaking, because then Phil's like, well, the producer in my ear says, Akbar and Sherry, I need to ask you about what's going on yeah. between the two of you. What's going on there? Well, I, I hate it when Phil is put in these awkward situations where he has to, like, play marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, not nearly on Victoria and Jonathan level, but, no. like, it was very clear he had to do this, and it was a little tense uh, right. Like Akbar's response is like, well, she says that I have a problem with my tone, but she's the one that's telling me to shut up. So like uh, you said, just very much like the, the mediator between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At least he didn't. This is not giving advice. He used to have to give advice. <laughs> you remember in season 26 when he was like, ah, young love, how, <laughs> are you feeling the sparks now? Mm. Yeah. Every time, every time one of those blind date couples hit the mat, he's like, so you guys do it yet? <laughs> <laughs> And if you do, remember the lessons from the sausage. Yeah, remember saying. what Lulu and Lala taught remember. you. Remember. Yeah, it's very important. Yes. Okay. The bartender uh, raced to the bed. Yes. All right. The sausage in case. But we can't forget about Natalia and Arun. <laughs> I almost did. We almost did. It looked like uh, Phil was going to have to go out and uh, bring them in. Um, the greeter went home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we saw the montage of Natalia and Arun uh, acing through the task. But they show up to the mat and the sun is setting. Uh, and Phil, you know, like a parent who's concerned about a child who's uh, broken the curfew, uh, tells them. Natalia, you're a little late. In fact, so late that our greeter had to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There have been worse instances of this because yes. at least he's still on the mat. There have been times when people have been out there and like Phil comes to get them. And he's like, we had to shut it all down, but I came to make sure you guys didn't die. Yeah. We're just going to eliminate you right here in the field. But just the greeter had a thing. I mean, the dog probably needed to mm-hmm. eat and go to bed. Yeah, uh, Phil, I mean, how much longer is this going to be? Because, uh, you know, I got a, 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 a six o'clock. Yeah, Petunia is getting rather testy. She hasn't had her her chestnuts. This happened in Amazing Race Canada, actually, and it was a little more forgivable. This was the leg where Sudbury, Ontario, paid Amazing Race Canada to come and do a mm-hmm. leg in their town, and they hired Alex Trebek. Oh, oh wow! Oh, I forgot Ale- about this now. Yeah, Alex Trebek was the greeter, but half the teams just got stuck out there on a terrible task, and they come back and they they had to they had to let Alex go because he has an hourly rate and they couldn't afford it. Mm. Oh, so maybe we have like a doggy Trebek scenario where this was the most famous dog in Switzerland. And this is like the grumpy cat, but in dog form. (laughs) Or maybe they just had like, they ran out of dogs. Like they were, they were swapping them in every hour per like doggy Mm. labor laws and Mm -hmm. they ran out. Yeah. All right. Well, for Natalia and Arun, uh, that this is the second time back. You're last again. Do you want one more shot? You can't possibly come in last again if we gave you a third shot at this, right? Right. 
that depends, Phil. Does the next leg involve us driving a car <laughs> in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. I don't I mean, like our odds. <laughs> I wish Phil would have really thrown the book at them. If, like, if I catch you in last place on this mat, mark my words, you two, you're out of here. Yeah, or maybe I'll give you another chance. Yeah, if you caught, you caught me on a good day, you're lucky. That dog really lifted my spirits, so I'm mm-hmm. going to spare you this one time. Mm-hmm, yeah. They make a promise to Phil. We can do much better. Be tough okay. to do worse. That's true. I mean, very much so. They have nowhere to go but up. I mean, I I do recall, because they're going to Corsica next week. I do recall Corsica is probably much smaller in terms of area than Switzerland. So that means that hopefully less navigational troubles that has them driving an hour out of their way. But they have to make good on this because this is now their third chance. They are running out of lives very quickly. Hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, we've had cases where there's been a team that just keeps hitting every non-elimination leg. Mm-hmm. And some of them win the race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair to Arun and Natalia, they did hit an elimination leg. Uh, they just so happened <laughs> that uh, they caught the right elimination leg uh, where uh, due to uh, the big blip, uh, we needed more teams to race. So Fair. this is technically only their first non-elimination life. So, all right. Uh, Arun and Natalia. All right. I, I would like to do a little bit of a uh, deep dive uh, slash edit reading of next week's preview. So if you are averse to that sort of thing, uh, maybe uh, you want to uh, skip ahead a couple of minutes to uh, jump to uh, all of Mike's plugs. But I would look, like to talk about this uh, interesting Next time on, Jess, very much focus on Ryan and Dusty. But my initial read of this, if we get a preview that says, can this be it for Ryan and Dusty? I feel as though it most certainly will not be it for Ryan and Dusty. I think the question is, how much time do we actually lose? How much time do Ryan and Dusty actually lose on this thing that is allegedly threatening their whole performance in the race? Mm -hmm. Because I think the over under on that is about five minutes. Yes. Can you predict Ryan and Dusty's place next week on an episode build as uh, could this be it for Ryan and Dusty? They're not placing lower than third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, when you have a race with Akbar and Sherry and Arun and Natalia, there is no way you're placing lower than fourth. At mm-hmm. least. Even if you if you lose your foot, you are still probably going to finish ahead of those two teams in a leg of the Amazing Race. I mean, we'd have to have like a full on like forget a cramp, like a blown out hamstring. I mean, David Connor won yeah, a leg of the race when he was on crutches. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really think this is a nothing burger to end all nothing burgers of like the big drama of next episode is Ryan and Dusty can't make candles and they hop into a golf cart and say, go, go, go. That's the drama. Okay. I I suppose so. Uh, I guess that the narrative that's really building, it's weird because we saw this last episode. It was like we took an episode off of it of like people starting to comment on how threatening Ryan and Dusty are. So I guess this is going to become one of the main storylines. And occasionally we get this right. Like, Season 30, it was everyone ganging up on Henry and Evan. Uh, You know, season 32 is the mind five. I guess the main narrative that we're starting to see out of the Amazing Race 33 is like, can Ryan and Dusty be stopped? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the same question we're going to ask. I mean, if we're reading the edit, I have to think this means they don't win. 
Interesting. Uh, hmm. In in the past, Jess, uh, when a team is sort of chalked up as the unbeatable team, does that team typically win? I mean, it depends. Like you can't you can't fake what place they're placing in, mm-hmm. but you can't, yeah what place they're placing in, Mike. Yes. Um, but you can you can control how you're showing people reacting to it. Right. It's like if everybody is saying this is the team that has to be stopped, this is the team that has to be stopped. The team gets stopped. But if it's like if it's about like all these other teams interacting with each other or if it's about like or it's about their individual struggles to come out on top from that team, I think that's a slightly it's a slightly different pivot. It's a slightly different way of telling the story. And then it's much more likely in that instance that you have the dominant team is the team that wins. Mm -hmm. But we're spending so much time on this. Yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe Rachel and Dave were an incredibly dominant team, but I don't think the focus of the edit was we have to beat them, right? Because that right. was so that was so Brenchel focused, right? Mm-hmm. And the Vanessa and Ralph stuff that I don't think we got a lot of wow, this team is a huge threat. I feel like whether it's, you know, Justin and Diana or it's Andy and Tommy in season 19, mm-hmm. almost every time we get an edit of, hey, here's a team that's unbeatable and really threatening, they they almost never come in first place at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Justin and Diana is kind of the obvious, like that's the one I was going for. So, yeah. We'll uh, keep an eye on this as uh, the rest of the season uh, continues. Jess, anything else about uh, the uh, fourth week of The Amazing Race? I can't believe we're down to six teams. Like that Mm -hmm. seems like so few teams for as little time as we've had. And, you know, blip notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've been down to six teams for a, a week already. Yeah, and we're still at six teams. Mm-hmm. I don't. Are they going to have more non-elimination legs now? So Come they, on, they can Mike. Give us a full Tell us the truth. Of- I d- well, well, I'm I, I should. I'm actually surprised this wasn't a keep on racing leg. Uh, that this wasn't just like a bunch like we have with hey, go from London to Scotland. That they actually stopped down for a hot second in Switzerland. I guess to get on the plane to fly to Corsica. I do wonder if maybe they'll do like a mega leg in France or in one of these in like Greece or one of these other countries that they're going to, which again, like is technically one leg, but counts as two episodes because yeah, we still have like, I think six or five weeks left of the amazing race. Only six teams left. We only have three more teams. We have to eliminate before the final leg. But to me, the mega leg, if you were going to do a non-elimination leg in Switzerland, I don't know why you did it. At the first, uh, like, I, I guess it's like, hey, we've got to pr- pr- show everybody we're back. This isn't going to be like some sort of like a uh, diet amazing race. We're back. We're eliminating teams. But you brought Michael and Mo back for this for one for one leg and made them do a speed bump. Well, why not? If you're going to be spend two legs in a place, then do an elimination at the end of the two legs in Switzerland. I mean, they're predetermined, Rob. But I do think it would be more fair. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the non-elimination leg be the first one. Like, let everybody get their feet right, under right. them. It's like, okay, you yeah. had 19 months. You're warming up. Okay, you're in last Especially place. Especially when you, when you have a device put in place that almost purposely puts two teams at a disadvantage yeah. and sends them mm-hmm. back in the pack. Yeah. So, when, just when you say that they were, okay, pre-planned, like, are you talking about they were pre-planned from before the blip? or yeah. that- Like, they knew at the beginning, like, I... Or at least at the time that they released everybody back onto the course, mm-hmm. like at least from during the blip, they knew which legs are going to be the, the non-elimination. But why legs. plan it this way? 
I, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And especially since, and I, I think it's a little bit results oriented because we see this team, this poor team go out first twice. Mm-hmm. But I think I would have, I agree. I would have liked to have seen it the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's more clean and orderly again, too. If you're doing two legs in a country, have that last, the second leg just be the elimination leg. So it's really easy. One less team to get on the plane. The disadvantage of that is what we saw in early seasons of the amazing race, right? Where they always had a plan where it was final six, final five, final four, final three. There was always a non-elimination leg. And so you almost have teams not necessarily not running, but when you certainly know that you're not going to be eliminated, I can imagine there's a little bit less of a dog of the fight Mm -hmm. when it comes to the way that you compete. So I know they want to keep them on their toes, but yeah, looking back on these two legs, I agree. It was a poor choice, I think, to do elimination and then non-elimination. Okay. Mike, anything else to say about this week? No. So I think, you know, we're getting a further glimpse as to what Amazing Race 2.0 is like. And I'll repeat what I said last week, that this felt super old school. Admittedly, some of the old school part was the fact that because there weren't any natural bunching points, you have someone like Arun and Natalia just be so far out of it. It reminds me of something like Dieselgate from Amazing Race 3, where there was just like examples of teams that were so far that there was no climacticism involved as to who who they were was going to be eliminated but honestly i'm fine swinging back to that for a little bit considering that we have been so used to new amazing race flavor right where it's a bunch of like kind of sometimes subpar but a lot of tasks that jumble things up and just like uh, are so concentrated on one specific place and getting around there i'm i'm happy just to keep going with like the more spread out more varied tasks, more celebrated cultural tasks, and less of a climactic finish order, personally. And the team's made enough drama this week to show that like the formula still works, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I hope this is something that they take into Season 34. Due to circumstances, they might have to if they still put protocols in place. But I, I really do like the way that the structure is going now, elimination schedule notwithstanding, to allow for the teams to create the drama rather than the tasks and turning this into the equivalent of, again, like the city-based amazing race scavenger hunts that you might do. Okay. All right. Let's leave it there for this week of the amazing race. Uh, Jess, do you have anything uh, coming up this week? Um, Just this, just this in the tar pit. Although this week um, my son did a podcast for his yes. school assignment. Ooh. Yes. Yep. He got to, he had to interview an older member of his family. So he interviewed his 90 year old great grandmother and then we put it together as a podcast and we had a great time doing that. So um, if anybody wants to hear that, I can send you the link, but it it is adorable. Yeah. He's a natural, obviously. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, that's a great, great job. I mean, uh, George has come a long way from just uh, doing the amazing race. uh, One Oh one bumper. I, I think he, one of these days he's going to insist on recording a new one. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need the new flavor. Yes, remix. Okay, uh, Jess, great job here today. And of course, here is Mike Bloom, of course, of Parade.com. Breaking celebrity big brother news left and right. Yeah, there's a lot of meat coming out of this microphone these days, Rob. Uh, so yeah, at the time of recording this, the celebrity big brother three cast dropped during the amazing race. Uh, I haven't checked the ratings. The amazing race might've gotten its most viewership ever during like the first 15 minutes uh, when people were watching for the news. So I posted the cast announcement. I was able to ask the, uh, the cast questions in the preseason. And so I've posted those interviews, some very interesting answers from our 
uh, contestants who all have Wikipedia pages. I believe that is the sort of like level of fame that some of them have acquired. So be sure to check that out. I actually, as we were talking, got some answers from an upcoming interview I did with Julie Chen Moonves herself. Yes. Uh, I got to ask some questions to her. So she has a couple of thoughts on Celebrity Big Brother doing exit press for that. As per usual, usually we'd be doing exit press for Amazing Race. Of course, we all would with a non-elimination leg. That is certainly taking a yachtis. Though I can announce that for the Tar Pit this weekend, we are bringing on Sasha Joseph is going to come on with Jess and I to talk through Switzerland on the Amazing Race, the number one in, in Rune and Natalia stand that I know. So I think we're going to do a little bit of therapy with Sasha <laughs> as the, uh, we talk through her thoughts on the race so far. She also covers the Amazing Race on Silent Podcasts. And also last night, I sat down with Shannon Gus, and we talked about the recently released cast of Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water. The full cast is out there. Sandra, a bunch of returnees, some celebs, a lot of plebs. Uh, it was a really fun podcast talking about what I think is a really fun group. Rob, I know you're preparing yourself to talk about the first week of Australian Survivor coming up this week. Got to get into the uh, preview. Yeah, we, we talk a lot. Listen... It goes some places. Uh, it goes. We one contestant has a self-appointed nickname. I will tease that okay. that I think you are all going to really enjoy. So check that out. And then post show recaps. So much stuff. Whether it be The Witcher, uh, The X Files, uh, Book of Boba Fett had a very different episode this past week uh, that I really enjoyed, but very different. Uh, not to spoil things too much. And talked about this last week but coming tomorrow at the time of recording this is the legend of vox machina it is an animated fantasy show from the creators of critical role a hit DD podcast slash online show myself and our philly are getting together to recap the first few episodes if that is your flavor feel free to check it out and we have so much other stuff going on on posterrecaps.com as well so yeah things are humming again much to talk about the momentum i don't know when to stop and we're only just finishing out January at this point. 2022 is going to be truly ridiculous when it comes to content. Okay. All right. We've got a ton of stuff going on in Robin's podcast, including uh, reactions to the celebrity Big Brother cast that we found out about uh, during the Amazing Race last night. I got the chance to talk about uh, Season 3, Episode 7 of Too Hot to Handle on the Hot Dummies on Islands podcast <gasps> uh, with myself and Akiva Winokur. Uh, I'll be back talking about Joe Millionaire again uh, this week. And of course, uh, if you missed anything of what we're doing on Robinson Podcast, be sure to check out our brand new weekly wrap up where we're covering uh, the top stories and moments of our coverage of reality TV on Robinson Podcast. And that podcast is going to be uh, dropping, uh, look for it uh, probably uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, every week in the main Robinson Podcast feed at robinsonwebsite.com slash subscribe. Uh, thank you so much for checking out our amazing race coverage. Uh, be on the lookout for the tar pit this weekend. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.